This is New Classical Tracks from listener-supported American Public Media. If you're enjoying this podcast, the best thing you can do for this show is to tell somebody else about it, help spread the word, and take a moment to rate and review us on your podcasting app. Recently, a recording came across my desk called Miracle of Miracles. It was a celebration of Hanukkah, and many of the pieces on the recording were newly commissioned or had been premiered by Chicago a cappella. So I thought I got to talk to John William Trotter, their artistic director, to find out how this recording came together. And that's what we hear about this week on New Classical Tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Macher. I'm talking with the artistic director of Chicago a cappella, John William Trotter. Thank you, John, for joining me to talk about your new recording. Pleasure. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about your role as artistic director with Chicago a cappella and how long you've been doing this? Because I know you started at a time when it was a bit challenging. That's true. Yeah. I first worked with Chicago a cappella a long time ago, but not as artistic director, just as a visiting music director. But then in 2000, I became artistic director. And that was, of course, the year that the world ended and concerts became illegal. And it was a very interesting time to begin a new position. So what attracted you to this ensemble? What's unique about them that made you want to be the artistic director? This group is sort of like a SWAT team of vocal ensemble what shall I say, superheroes. I mean, they, they're all classically trained to a really, really high level, and they all have significant stylistic breadth beyond that. Broadway, folk, jazz, pop. Uh, each of them is an outstanding soloist in their own right, and they're really interested in honing their ensemble sound at the same time. That's a really rare combination. And so we get to put together uh, experiences for the audience that are very different from one another and entertaining and kind of educational and enriching all at the same time. I was reading an interview that you did, and in it you said that when people come to a Chicago a cappella concert, they will be surprised. Mm -hmm. Now I'm wondering, how might that be true of this new recording of Hanukkah music? Right. So, you know, occasionally you can Google something or YouTube something, and it's usually a short, light, sometimes even you know satirical or merely comedic uh, tune there's actually quite a wide range of Hanukkah music, some of which we have commissioned or premiered from all of the different social kind of perspectives of the of the holiday, of the season, from uh, short and funny stuff to devotional, sacred, soaring, more lengthy forms to domestic music that's very comforting um, that you would sing around the table. And then like funky party dance music that living American composers have brought out of these texts and these uh, Hanukkah scenes. Why did you want to make this recording? We kind of found ourselves um, accidentally in a position of expertise with his music. We've been doing holiday concerts for decades in Chicago, and often composers and arrangers that we knew would give us like a couple Hanukkah tracks to try and some of those really stuck and we liked them and after a long time like 15 or 20 years under my predecessor Jonathan Miller our executive director Matt Greenberg realized this about five years ago that we actually had an album in our 
institutional history. We just needed to bring it all together and get some studio time. So then we started planning ahead. It took five years to make that happen. Can you talk about how the choral tradition fits into Hanukkah? Hmm. So, uh, though I'm not an expert, you know, I'm aware that in the Jewish home, there are lots of occasions to be singing together, right? To be singing chant or to be singing songs together. That's been true for thousands of years. And then there's the, the you know, ceremonies with the liturgical texts themselves. And uh, you've always got some musician in the room, right? Listening to what is being sung and asking themselves, hmm, you know, could this be different? Could this be embellished? Could this be repeated? Could this be reimagined? Could this be enriched in some way? And I guess part of the reason we were the ones who were able to put this together is we're in touch with a lot of those composers. And when they have ideas, they share them with us uh, and send us things. You know, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? Uh, there's a, there's a, what, a musical, a sonic and auditory imagination that composers have where they move through the world hearing what's around them and asking themselves what else that could be. And I guess we're in touch with a lot of Jewish composers, and this is part of their soundtrack as they move around. That's very cool. So the recording does represent the 21st century network of composers and arrangers. What have they done to offer a fresh perspective that is still respectful of the past? Hmm. I think it's useful that we're mostly talking about composers from the new world here, right? So these are people living in the world we're in now. They have all the different influences that we have around us. Um, you know, they're influenced by jazz, by funk, by the like long tradition of chant that normally accompanies many of these texts and, and the melodies that, that derive from that. And also the social practices, like, you know, getting in a circle and dancing and clapping and hollering, as you'll hear on the, the last track on the CD before the bonus tracks. Uh, you know, they bring those things together. I've been thinking about the fact that Hanukkah is really a minor holiday for the Jewish tradition, and yet it's one of the most visible. Mm. Do, you, do you know why? Well, I will say we have another CD uh, called Days of Awe and Rejoicing that tend more towards the high holy days. Uh, and we have in the group uh, quite a bit of experience with that because there's a number of you know, very respected synagogues in the Chicagoland area with great music programs. And our singers are often there for the high holidays, bringing that music forward. Uh, I think the reason that Hanukkah became, um, though it's a minor holiday in terms of the Jewish liturgical year, while it became a little more visible to folks who aren't Jewish is because it happens right around Christmas, though it moves around. And so it's a time when people are you know, they don't quite have the, their foot to the floor, pedal to the metal, and are actually like aware of festivals and leisure time and family and reflection. And as the, the night draws on, um, that image of the candle burning and not going out becomes pretty potent, I think. Let's dive into the recording and talk about some of the pieces. It opens up with O Hanukkah, which is a popular children's song, and it's appeared in many different versions. What does Robert Applebaum do with this arrangement? 
he uh, builds suspense right from the very opening. And then he does this very hospitable thing that you'll see on a few of the tracks on this recording where the piece itself is bilingual. So you learn some Hebrew words, uh, but you don't have to be able to translate it yourself because you'll sit there and, uh, and hear the translation in the course of the, the event as well. It tells a story in brief. Uh, there are other, other pieces that go into longer or to greater detail. But you hear a bit about the story and the candles and then the flavor of the Hebrew in the mouth. It starts with that suspense and then it sort of slows down and uh, and arrives in a calm place again at the end. Sort of like a, I don't know, like a title page with a evocative scene in Kendall Glow. I did note that um, the fact that several of the pieces are bilingual, as you said, there's different languages. Why is that so important or significant? We're aware that a lot of people are going to be intrigued by this music who don't speak Hebrew, who don't speak Yiddish, who don't know that much about, you know, Hanukkah and the history of it. And I was in that position when I first came to this repertoire. So we just, we don't want to create a situation where people feel like there's a barrier to entry, like they have to have qualified for the exam before they can press play. We want the thing to lead them in and, uh, and be an experience that, that interprets itself on the way. The dreidel is the spinning top that's associated with Hanukkah, and there are several pieces on this recording where it is represented. One is the funky dreidel. Funky dreidel is by Bob Applebaum, the miracle worker and math teacher who uh, led us into his library, so to speak, some of his uh, musical creations. And this one is just a lot of fun. Very syncopated, driving, and builds the suspense. Like every time you turn the dreidel, it takes a while for your suspense to be uh, satisfied. And the, the energy and the pitch go higher and higher to the point that you have the soprano and the tenor really high in their voice, wailing. And then you get a pair of them going higher still at the climax of this piece. Which I really, really enjoy. Definitely one of the audience favorites on the album. Oh, that's fun. Little Dreidel is an arrangement by Steve Barnett, and he's taking this standard folk melody and giving it kind of a new swing. So this one's shorter and less crazy, but has an alternation between the full group. We have usually 10 singers on stage at a time. And then a smaller quartet that um, is another very syncopated, grooving take. And then goes back to the full group again. So you have that contrast of large, small, and large again. (laughs) 
Candles and lights are another significant part of Hanukkah, and they are represented in several songs. I'm looking at the third track, Oh, You Little Candle. Mark Zuckerman did that arrangement, and this is another example of where we switch between languages, but this time I think it's Yiddish and German. Yeah, Oh, Ihr Kleiner Lichterlech is the title in in Yiddish, it's uh, a pretty ponderous and serious uh, take on the history where uh, a Jewish speaker is looking back and saying, wow, can you imagine that we actually were victorious once in history, <laughs> that we were you know, threatened as a people? And who would have thought that we would have survived coming out of that situation with so much you know, potential violence and conflict? And that's, of course, more more poignant now, you know, anyone who's around post-Holocaust uh, looks at that occasion of Jewish history with, what shall you say, you know, approaching the whole Greek empire, which wants to shut down the worship of the only deity the Jews have to go to. And when the, the heavy boot of oppression comes, uh, the Jewish people end up standing up and then surviving. It's uh, got these long lines, these long melodic lines with this rich, rich harmony. It sounds Yiddish. Like when you hear it, it has a certain color to the harmonies as well as to the language. Track eight on this recording, Al Hanasim, is by Joshua Fishbein, and it's very pretty and also very powerful. What's happening in this piece? This is a text that we have set three times on this recording, three very different takes. And this is the most sacred, the most devotional, the most soaring of those settings. This text reflects on the, the miracles, God's mighty acts in the past, and the, the gratitude of you know, folks who are around now because of those divine interventions. It, it has a lot of what we call in the business divisi. So every singer, nearly every singer, is singing their own part. And that's why you get those really, really tall, rich harmonies with the moving lines in between. You can think of it as uh, the composer orchestrating the voices. So finding a lot of ways in the middle of the texture as well as soaring over top, as well as deeply below to expand the, the palette, the expressive palette. There is a cantata in the middle of this recording by Daniel Tunkel, and it's based on the Hillel Psalms. Hallelujah. 
Mm-hmm. So this is a set of psalms which uh, belong together and are and are heard together in synagogue, but the the musical settings here are pretty adventurous, right? So he's um, he's spent a lot of time in his life with the source material. He's a really smart guy, and you can you can hear his sort of overbubbling imagination. Is each of these four settings are really really different one from another? The first one is in eleven eight time signature, which if you're a music nerd. Means like da 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 So even the, the counting, the measuring of this music is a is a real challenge, but it means that it gets um, it gets you going right away. The final piece on this recording is a prayer for peace, and it's a gorgeous way to conclude the recording. It's a piece by Stacy Garrup called Loisa Goy. Stacy's a very special person to Chicago a cappella. She actually leads our global initiative. We have a mentorship and competition program for emerging women composers of a cappella choral music. And so she has worked with a number of emerging artists that we've uh, premiered here in Chicago recently. Uh, so it's a big uh, thrill for us to be able to conclude this recording with this piece by her. John, there is kind of a raucous tune uh, near the end of this recording by Jonathan M. Miller. Tell me about this piece and how it fits into the whole. So Jonathan is the founder of Chicago Acapella, an organization that's 30 years old. He did a lot of the research that first got us in touch with these various composers. And Bime uh, Matityahu, which is track 18, um, is a recomposition of a melody that he knows from synagogue. He flipped the melody on its head and then added whooping and clapping and stomping. It's a real party, and we recorded it last in the session. So when we nailed this one, we had a big whooping, hollering celebration because it meant we were done the whole project. Uh, and it's fun to be able to let loose, especially when you're doing a project that is as exacting and rigorous as recording an entire CD album. John, what was most memorable for you and maybe the singers as you were putting this project together? So, you know, I think for me, we encountered each of these pieces separately over several years, right? We sing this one this year, we sing this one that year. With each one, we tried to, you know, do the best we could with it. But it's only when we started putting them all together that I started seeing all the different perspectives of Hanukkah. You know, the the fun, the dancing, the partying, the quiet contemplation of the candle that doesn't go out. 
Now, there's a rule that you can't cook with the heat of the candle. You can't read by the light of the candle. You just contemplate the candle in itself. And the, all the historical references and recapitulations, many of which were new to me, the different flavors of the, the Hebrew and, and the Yiddish and the English sort of vernacular storytelling, all that richness, I was not something that I'd considered altogether before until we were able to bring this all together. And I guess my hope is that'll be true for the listener too. You know, they may know one or two of these tunes as folk melodies or even one or two of these composers, but I think very few people have had the privilege yet that we had in putting this together. And I look forward to sharing that. It's a new recording filled with music celebrating the Hanukkah season. It's called Miracle of Miracles. John William Trotter is the artistic director, and he leads Chicago a cappella. Thanks to Valerie Kaler, our producer of new classical tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Macher. Thank you.